Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two and the conclusion of our great two-part interview with Robert Poole, an Army veteran, successful entrepreneur, as he's been sharing with us about planning for the future of running the business, planning for those days when the business is taking off and is so successful, it's truly beyond your ability to manage it on your own. Learn from Robert as he explains how he now helps other entrepreneurs such as yourself make that transition from simply being an operator in the business to owning the business and gaining that free time. And and folks, if you're being honest with yourself, that's probably the main reason you entered the business world anyway to get your time back where you're the one that's in control of it. Amen? Praise God. Well, anyway, let's jump back into this interview now with Robert Poole. How does social media promotions tie into business-to-business marketing in this day and time which we live? It seems like social media is all, you know, cat pictures and what you're eating for breakfast and, you know, TikTok dance videos. How does that, how can you tie social media into business-to-business marketing today? Uh, well, and apologize if you can hear a horn honking for some reason. Somebody's alarm is going on outside my office. Uh, but um, yeah, no, social media uh, is, um, you know, of course, when I started, you know, we all started with cold calling back in, you know, I got started in the mid 90s. You know, I got out in 96 and um, and there was no social media per se, you know. And uh, so I started the old school way of marketing, you know. And, um, you know, so people ask that question a lot these days, you know, um, and I've been on a few digital marketing podcast to address this issue, you know, um, you know, is cold calling still relevant for one? Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's changed certainly from the getting calls at your dinner table, you know, type of, <laughs> uh, you know, thing that, that doesn't happen anymore, thank God, you know, um, but, um, uh, but it's, it's like any marketing tool, I think, um, it has to be used in the right situation, you know, so, when you use something like cold calling, um, you can use that as a part of a strategy. Um, and if you use it with something like social media, with digital marketing in general, um, they can enhance each other. You can get that syner- synergy that you can't get using either one of them by themselves. And so, um, you know, and of course, it has to be the right particular um technique for the right company because you know every guru out there will tell you that oh you know you got to run facebook ads or you've got to do seo or ppc or whatever you know um or you got to do cold calling or you know got to do networking you know any number of things and and of course that's generally what they're selling you is whatever they're telling you is <laughs> is going to yeah. work for you oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i just know. happen to have the the tool that'll help you with that yes we got the holy grail for you right that's here right. Right. um and i we just happen to offer it um but uh, what I've found is that, 
you know, um, most marketing techniques are not going to work for your company. And that sounds bad. But um, the uh, the truth is that there are a few marketing techniques um, for your particular company based upon your industry, based upon how you run things, your personalities, um, based upon your customers, all those factors that go into it and say, you know, is that um, is this particular technique going to be the most effective? Uh, and we should put all of our efforts into that. So, um, you know, things like social media, you know, tend to, um, for instance, if you want to, uh, let me put it this way, uh, if you want to compare and contrast a, like a cold calling type of thing generally works with higher ticket items, you know, um, if you're selling, a, you know, $100,000 CRM system to a corporation, you know, you're probably not going to run a Facebook ad and get and get somebody to, hey, I'll put that in my shopping cart, you know. Right. Um, well, but, you know, that again, if you're, yeah. <laughs> Do you take PayPal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so if you, but if you're selling, you know, a $27 widget or whatever, you know, I mean, you're not going to cold call somebody about that. So again, it, it it's uh, dependent on the situation. And I think we sometimes, um, you know, try to, you know, uh, do everything for one. Uh, we try to, you know, we've got to, I've got to do social media, I've got to do cold calling, got to do networking, I got to, you know, you go through this list because uh, we think we're supposed to do all these things as a business owner. But the truth is that we we only really need to focus on a couple things in a couple areas, find out which ones are best for us and focus on those things. Um, and so, and, you know, usually the best way to do that is trial and error and a little bit of testing, you know, um, and anybody who's involved in social media knows that testing is, you know, you know, the number one thing you got to do, but I think it applies to just marketing in general, you know, from a wider standpoint. So yeah, uh, yeah definitely. And, and I know that your email marketing services are tied together with your outbound calling program. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you use these methods to actually like get someone in front of a decision maker that may not respond to, like I said, social media, you know, they're, they're like, I don't want nothing to do with social media. I, I, you know, I have a secretary that, you know, stops me from getting phone calls, you know, how, so how do you break through all that? Yeah. You know, it's um, uh, it goes back to the, uh, as one of my, my mentors early on in, in business said that everything works sometimes uh, and nothing works every time. So, um, you know, it's all about the numbers, of course, but um, you know, you've got to, when it comes to like uh outbound uh things like cold calling um you've got to it all comes down to follow-up um all the money is always in follow-up and that and that actually is not just cold calling but it's any kind of marketing um you know just with email or anything else so um you know if you like when we do a a cold call for a, a business client um you know as an example uh, maybe a commercial insurance agent which is one of our big uh industries we do a lot in um and they're trying to uh find companies that they can write their their group health policy or the group property and casualty you know that type of thing um so we'll try to get them in the door and um of course you you call somebody and you know, you might catch them on the right day that they're like, you know what, I was just thinking about getting some quotes for, you know, or I was just got off with a problem with my insurance company. This is the right day, you know, um, but that's the lottery ticket. That doesn't happen very often. Um, what usually happens is you find somebody who's, you know, has some level of interest, like, eh, you know, 
you can contact me down the road. Uh, and then you start that marketing process with um, things like the email uh, campaigns. We used to do fax campaigns, but they're not as, you know, you don't <laughs> use faxes these days, you know. Uh, but same concept. Um, so you use a combination of, you know, follow-up calls to those people, um, emails to those people. Uh, and you can even, uh, once you've got their email and everything, you can, you can target them with social media. So you can start, it's the cold call is sort of an entry point. Uh, to allow you to do and use all those other marketing tools. Uh, and again, it's one of those things that uh, where the follow-up is, is where the money is. And unfortunately, that's where most um, salespeople in general and most businesses fail is in the follow-up. They'll, they'll run one ad or they'll make one cold call or what, you know, for a contact and then, yeah. you know, give up and yeah. it just doesn't work that way. You know, we are we're just bombarded with information these days and, and yeah. we've got to be repeatedly exposed to it. So, Amen. Amen. I know online meetings are used a lot today and, and take this interview, for example, okay. You're in Arizona, I'm in Maryland. It just would not be cost effective to have to travel across the country to accomplish what we're doing today online. Right. Mm -hmm. But the question I have for you is this, how can you use this method of online meetings to create that personal connection that you discussed, like in your YouTube videos? Yes, uh, absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, one of the things that, you know, it's uh, again, going back to that concept of sometimes what appears as, you know, tragic events can actually there's a lot of good things that get forced into coming out of it. So take COVID, for instance, uh, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation on Zoom prior to COVID. I mean, right. we were starting to play with it a little bit as a company, but, you know, uh, most people were not comfortable with it uh, at that time. And uh, now it's just a common thing. Everybody, you know, jumps on a Zoom call, you know. Um, and the reason is because when you look at psychologically, you know, the best way to connect to another human being is obviously in person, shaking their hand. You know, you you can't replicate that. Um, the the next next best thing uh, is what we're doing uh, because I can see the facial expressions that you're making. I can yep. I can you know look at that and go, oh, you're getting all those signals that we pick up on as humans that we don't even realize. Um, and in the past, the only the closest thing was doing a telephone call, which you can pick up a lot with voice, but you use lose body language and all those types of things. Um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, this has been years and years, but I think it was like, they said like 85% of the communication was lost over the phone because you, that's where the body language comes in. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so now that we've got this video aspect to it, um, that's why I, I highly encourage people because I know some people are still uncomfortable on camera, but, um, you know, it's, you just gotta quit worrying about yourself and, you know, um, Hey, you're just meeting somebody, you know, it's no different, but, um, again, using, um, you know, opportunities where how do you how do you take those online leads? You know, you've made contact with somebody, maybe you cold called them, maybe you they responded to an ad, whatever. Um, you know, and offered to, to set up and, and talk to them, you know, one on one, like we're talking. Uh, and people have become much more responsive and open to that idea. Uh, and so I, I'm always 100% in favor of doing a Zoom over, you know, a phone call uh, or a, you know, back and forth on, on yeah. any other electronic way, um, just because it's so much more effective. And yeah. uh, so I, it, in my, the way I do it is that uh, I don't even offer a phone call. A lot of times I'll say, Hey, let's have a, you know, let's have a zoom meeting, you know, uh, and that way, you know, you, you go right into it. So right. uh, I'm yeah. a big believer in the video yeah. part. Yeah. Amen. When uh, I started using, I, I used to have different 
platforms I do my interviews on, you know, Skype and, and the other stuff. And it was just audio because this was audio only podcast. Mm-hmm. But once I started using Zoom, the podcast interview, the actual episode got better. And like mm-hmm. I liken it that, you know, we're just having a conversation like we're sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of coffee, you know? Yeah. And, and that personal interaction because i see you you see me and, and like I say, it's just like we're sitting there at the kitchen table having a great yeah. conversation and we just have to have a recorder on you know? yeah but where before it was like you know eh, you know it's it's okay yeah but yeah it sometimes it's a you know a voice on the other end of the phone right. you know it's not quite the same thing but you know it's uh Amen. i feel like i've made more friends in the last few years just on you know um, video that i and people that i never would have met you know in person yep. uh Amen. and uh you know so it's a uh, it's a definitely a, a positive change you know yep amen amen that's so true now let's discuss the terms that mean a lot to you from what i can tell owner and operator can you share the difference with us so we can grasp what it is you're helping people with yeah absolutely um in in my mind uh, it's a little bit of a litmus test i if you uh can and this is for business owners primarily but if you can leave your business tomorrow go to Tahiti, not take your phone or your laptop or anything else, not check in with your office, come back in a month. And is your company still there for one? Is it in business? Uh, and two, has it grown? And if if it hasn't or your company's out of business uh, or suffering, then you're really in operator mode um, And versus being an owner because an owner has a different role. They they are not integral to the day-to-day operations of the business. The business is not dependent on them. Uh, so, and that's where I was when I went through that whole situation. I found out the business was completely dependent on me, even from, you know, we had financial valuations done in the company and they basically told me, yeah, now there's just you. The company is worth like, you know, 20% of what it was before. Um, you know, so it was a massive drop off. So, so how do you know if you're an owner or an operator? What's the big uh, test? Yeah, well, I would certainly do that mental test. Um, the I call it the Tahiti test, you know. Um, and um, it's I think it's you'll know um, in the sense that if you if you feel like you've got complete freedom and your business will function without you, then you've kind of reached that holy grail of of becoming an owner. Um, it is a spectrum, of course, you know, there's, um, you know, maybe you can leave for a week and give some instructions and everything's fine. So it's like, you're definitely on the, you know, on the owner end of it, but, um, you know, versus, you know, you're, you're uh, an employee who happens to own hundred percent of the stock in the company, so to speak, uh, as an operator. Um, so it's, um, it, it is a spectrum. So it's, I, I wouldn't give it a, a um, black and white answer, if you will. So if, you know, I have employees. Does that make me an owner? Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily. Uh, because if they're, if they're what, what, one of the things I preach is that we have to have employees who are many owners, if you will, doesn't necessarily mean they have equity in the company, but that they, they think like owners that they Amen. feel about the company and what you're doing as owners. Um, when you've got employees like that and a team that you put together like that, then you become an owner in my opinion. Amen. 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 And, and let's talk about employees for a minute. If someone is a solopreneur, like a speaker, author, podcaster, and they have no employees, how can they become an owner rather than be absorbed into the day-to-day activities where they're an operator? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's a different scenario, of course. Um, 
But when you've got things um, where you're offering that kind of value, you typically have some kind of intellectual property uh, in the sense that, as an example, an author has got, you know, books, of course, um, and, you know, written things that that take on the value of themselves. Um, but typically, nobody does this by themselves completely. Um, if you're doing everything by yourself, then you're definitely in operator mode. Um, but you can do things like, um, you know, it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to have employees. You can have contractors that you work with on a regular basis, um, you know, the that can handle the processes. Because process is such a critical thing. Uh, you know, that great book, uh, The E-Myth with Michael Gerber that, uh, you know, I read when I was like 22 or something, uh, all about setting up systems and processes in, the, in sort of a franchise model, if you will. Um, and that's something that 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 individual solopreneur can do, um, even without you know formal employees, uh, to be able to, to set those processes up so that things kind of run by themselves. You still need a human, though, uh, so you still need people that you can count on, and those people can be contractors um, that can step in and. and you know, tweak those processes and, and monitor them and that sort of thing. But uh, it can certainly be done. It's, it's a little different, but, um, you know, that that is definitely one of the, the major questions I get. But um, we found that uh, that making that transition um, is just important for solopreneurs as it is for, you know, somebody who has multiple employees. Amen. Amen. And you offer coaching in this area to help people make that transition, correct? Yes, absolutely. It's something that I've been doing. You know, I started, uh, you know, with a couple of years after I kind of felt like I'd figured things out. We started with a, a small mastermind, um, you know, with current clients and some of these same concepts. And and so the last few years I've been doing coaching individually. Uh, we've, we've done some masterminds here and there and, and uh, different group co coaching problems or, or programs. Um, and uh, so kind of all those things. So right now I'm doing a lot of individual coaching uh, just because I enjoy that that portion of it um, is you get a, get a little bit deeper than you do into a you know group type of uh, program. Yeah, amen, amen. And I believe you're going to offer our listeners a 30 minute discovery call to see if you might be able to help them make that kind of transition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, I'd love to talk to any of your listeners um, that are you know in that maybe that position I was, you know, where they're kind of kind of stuck in there and feel like that they've got to break free, you know. Um, and I can offer you some tips, you know, just stuff from personal experience, you know, some strategies that, you know, you can implement right away, you know, in the next 90 days and actually have an impact on your business and start mm. pulling yourself out, um, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, if you want to talk to me about, you know, how I can help you with that further, great. But if not, you know, that you'll walk away with some great actionable ideas and no hard sales pitch or anything like that. So um, just uh, a value added for your audience. Amen. Amen. Robert, this has been so interesting. I could talk to you for hours, man. This is great. Yeah. Uh, but we're about out of time for today. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question or obtain more information or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? You know, the, the easiest thing to do is actually just to email me directly. Um, you can email me at, at Robert at operator to owner uh, to. So it's operator to owner dot net. Um, there's a, the dot com is somebody else. I don't know what that company does, but <laughs> I can't figure it out. But uh, it's not what we're talking about. So just Robert at operator to owner dot net. It'd be great. Just Amen. email me and, and we can kind of take it from there. Amen. And what's your website? Uh, total business results. That's the other way you can feel free to give us a call as well. Okay. Amen. Amen. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes down below. Hallelujah. Folks, Robert Poole has successfully made that transition that we've been talking about. It's it's one that's not only desired, but needful. 
basically for business owners listening to us right now, from pastors and ministers to solopreneurs, from authors and auto mechanics to C-level executives and plumbers to podcasters, praise God, right? Drop down in the show notes, get in touch with Robert Poole and his team right now. And I'll put his office number down there too if he wants me to do that. But uh, just in case, you know, that's how you want to try and reach his office. But Robert, thank you for coming on the program today and blessing our listeners with the idea and some insight on how to become an owner and not just an operator in, in their own life and in their personal business. I, I, I appreciate your time. It has been great. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Robert Poole and myself, this passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you.